If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Unlocked is brought to you by Gamefly. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Unlocked, the Xbox One X celebratory edition. The console is imminent. Uh, so coming up on this week's show, we have none other than Albert Pinello sitting in with us. He heads up the Xbox One X program. He's flown down from Microsoft to hang out and uh, answer some questions and uh, talk more about that fun little box that Microsoft is launching next week. Plus, pu the PUBG news we've been waiting for, the release date, we've got it for you here. We'll talk about that as well as uh, some fun new features coming to Xbox Live as well, just in time appropriately for the holidays. So with that, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. You know me, you know Destin Laguerre, you know Alana Pierce, and you're about to know a lot better Albert Pinello, the head of the Xbox One X program. What's your oh. official title, Albert? Uh, it's probably some long and drawn-out yeah, Microsoft guys... title. <laughs> but uh, Director of Marketing, which is actually I'd rather... Head of Xbox yeah, One X is better. Good, like, right? can, I get I mean, that, can I get that that's title? That's what you told <laughs> me. Like the, the whole thing was your... <laughs> that was just... No. Yeah, a, a director of marketing. Well, it is great to have you here. Thanks for coming down to San Francisco. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, it's like the second time in three weeks I've gotten to see you after uh, yeah, after your oh, visit, which was wonderful to have you up. Yeah, the, the backwards compatibility team was a, a super fun group of people. Man, those they care a lot. They really they, do. They are uh, they are a a enthusiastic bunch, which I really really resonated it's with. It's a passion project. Yeah, it has I, to be. Mm. Yeah. I heard you say last week that they're, you thought that if they weren't, they were the best actors. <laughs> yeah. They're not the best actors. I can promise you, without a doubt, they are not the best actors. Well, Those know, guys you, really... You visit companies and, you know, they, they all want to... Of course, you want to put your best face forward. And it's like, for all we know, maybe they're... But no, no, these guys, this this team was clearly... Uh, and they're, they're clearly in it for, for the love of it because... And the results speak for themselves. I mean, we, we talked all about last week the uh, the original Xbox... Updates, yeah, they're they're they run better than they ever did on the original mm -hmm. Xbox. Have you had time in this Xbox One X launch window to go back and look at anything so on, on the original Xbox? I actually or saw any of the Xbox games. I saw it for the first time. I saw the actual builds for the first time when you saw them. Yeah. And, and to go back, it is fun because I got to work with those guys for a long time, and there are just people that you work with that you're like, when are they going to get their chance to to tell their story? And that's a story we've wanted to tell for a while, but you need a piece of news or something to happen that goes along with it. And so it was really great. And I know they were really appreciative of getting to talk to you and, and see it, but I hadn't seen any of the builds until you mm -hmm. saw them. And that sort of leads me to answer your question, which is right now my entire life experience. I'm like, please don't ask me which game I'm playing because basically <laughs> I'm just starting everything. Yeah. So my experience right now is like, Oh, there's an update booted up. Oh my God, that looks amazing. Oh, there's another update. Oh, I got to go look at OG. I got to go, you know, I got it's like a kid in a candy. Yeah. Store. It's like, there's so much and, there's other stuff on other platforms I want to play too, and so I have a backlog. Of you can say it's Super Mario Odyssey. It is okay. Say it. Just, I am, just say it. It's fun. It's Super Mario, and I've got it on my Switch, and I'm going to play it on the flight to New York. Yes. It's like the one time that is the great thing about it being a portable is that like I'm going to have mm -hmm. a nice run of time that I can spend with it. I actually have that game saved for when I'm flying to Australia at the end of the That's year. Smart. Seventeen That's hours. Going to finish that game. Hopefully, the seat has a USB or or a, or a outlet. A oh. oh, I didn't even think about that. It's, now you know, I'm stressed about it. Or get one of those power bricks. Yeah. Or both. You Do know, they just, have those with the switch? Yeah, well, it's on podcast. They probably it should work, with any, should work yeah. with any. In theory, US, any, it like, just might it might suck yeah. it dry pretty, pretty quickly because yeah. the switch is you know it's a it's a 
does what it does. Yeah. But so uh, yes, keep, that keep is it the plugged in. Winning. Keep it plugged yeah. in if they have it. I've done that before. Yeah. Albert, you guys are having uh, an X launch event in New York. We are. are. Not? That's is right. Is it something that the public can go to if people are watching? Is oh, I think we're. I mean, it's going to be at the Microsoft Store, and we're going to do a Midnight Madness. That sounds thing pretty public. Six. So yeah, people. So yeah, if anybody's watching, yeah, come on down to New York. Please get in line. Like live music and stuff like that. We'll have celebs there, and me, I'll be there. I think Phil's there. Known celeb. Yeah. Midnight on the sixth. Midnight on the sixth. Yeah. The Monday, whatever night that is. Right. I think it's Monday. Monday night. Monday night. Yes. Sounds right. Yeah. I don't know what day it is. I don't know. Who am I? Monday night. I don't even know anymore. Can't keep track anymore. Box comes out Tuesday. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, guys, feel free to jump in with questions. I prepared a, a handful of things to talk to Albert about because it's rare. We don't. We've you've never been on the show before. I have not. I mean, I, I've talked to you. I talked to you a, yes. a, a bunch of times. Off three, we catch up and we've caught up before. Meeting you for the first time. Mm-hmm. I know I've never been. I was very nervous. I always but listen you to actually it. Listen, listen. yeah. I you, listened to it. I didn't realize it was on video, which is why then I had oh, a funny. wardrobe <laughs> issue I had to deal with, which <laughs> is why I brought my shirt. Yeah. If you're if you're Sorry. watching on audio, you might want to just take a quick peek at the video to see Albert's shirt. He you broke out. I mean, this this is uh, 16 years vintage. And still looking very sharp, an original Xbox and a bowling it. shirt. Is that, that it? Is a bowling back when those were cool? That's how long ago <laughs> this was cool in its day. This is not ironically retro. This is a real. But what's original. on the back? Anything? Nothing. It's just that's just what's that? nice about it. It's just it's a, just the just yeah. a bowling shirt. The with tiger and flames. It. And like some people are like, yeah, hey, I can fit into my wedding dress. I can fit into my high school jersey or whatever. I can still fit into my original Xbox <laughs> shirt. I'm pretty proud of that. Awesome. So, Yes, I brought uh, that just for you, Ryan. So, Albert, let's, you have been uh, at the forefront of the Xbox One X project since its inception. And what I want to start with is, is I want to know, how did this project start and, and when? Like, can you just walk me through the timeline and the, and the process a little bit? Because, you know, I think gamers kind of have a, a general idea of hardware in particular mm-hmm. takes years of years. planning. But, but uh, it's always good to kind of now that it's coming out, to really get a, a sense of, of context and contextualize. It's also funny because when, you know, the Xbox One X was announced, there were so many discussions that were like, but what about the PS Pro? Like, right. how do these compete with each other? Like, do they know about each other or were they just developed completely independently yeah, going, and happened to just... You, you start long, like, you start no, long before be long the PS4 time. Pro is out. I had no, I mean, I found out about the PS4 Pro when everyone else found out about the mm. PS4 Pro, which was like the rumors that yeah, were sort of circulating a little bit before E3 last year. Mm-hmm. That was the first we heard of it. Why? In fact, it was, you know, again, it was a bummer because I'm like, we don't like we're the only ones doing this. This is our thing. Like, We're going to surprise the world. And oh, man, they're. Yeah. Doing it too. Uh, and so that was. Yeah. When we thought of it, we had no idea. I mean, the original like I remember the original meeting was back in 2012. And wow. Before that, the wow. Xbox. Wow. One even it was a, it was almost a year before we launched um, the, the Xbox one in 2013 that we had this idea. And, uh, you know, I always have to say it's like because you say I've been out a lot. It's like there are a lot of people working really hard to really deliver the real box. Um, I just happened to be in an interesting position because I was on the engineering team back in those days in planning. And then um, as we got closer to launch, they asked me to come and actually work on the marketing side. Right. So mm-hmm. I've, I've, it's, it's an atypical scenario that I'm individually in. Well, that's kind of cool because you, as an engineer, know firsthand what it does. You're like the perfect person hey, to market. Better right? sell it than yeah. you. <laughs> Don't let Mike Abara hear that you just called me an engineer. Thank you so much. <laughs> Did you say you're I, on the I was team? in the engineering team. I'm like one of those people that, as like, I'm kind of more of a marketing person, but love the tech. And gotcha. so I always say that my job is to like help the engineers like come up with the features that make the most sense for customers. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I've spent a lot of time in the engineering org as a, a planner that sort gotcha. of is like, all right, what are we going to do and how do we think about what I feel like that's features- probably bigger than I expect it to be. Like engineering, I'm like, yeah, it's a bunch of nodes in a room, and then they just make the console, right? <laughs> it's easy. Well, they have got so we have no lack of ideas. The question <laughs> is which ones do you do? And yeah. so that was kind of the job that I had back then. So if I- it's if it's sorry, Destin, if it's pre if it's 2012 What's the why? If you haven't even launched the Xbox One yet, what at that time, you're, you're drawing this up, what's the why for, for Scorpio? So you, you're right. You have to back everything back so far because yeah. in 2012, we were done with Xbox One. Right. We just hadn't mm-hmm. launched it yet, but that product was well-baked. That product was baked like in 2010. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it, you know, and I say bake, meaning like we, we kind of knew what we were doing that yeah. far in advance. And so the the real the idea was, and it was funny because I've been contemplating this a lot, is that there was there was a genesis of an idea way back in the original Xbox because we were Intel and NVIDIA back then. And I remember as people were speculating about 360 and speculating about PS 
three, it was like, well, Xbox is just gonna take a PC approach. They're just gonna upgrade the graphics card just like a PC. And of course I knew back then that that wasn't true because that's not how tech always works. But I always liked that idea. And so it kind of sat in my head for a long time. And so there was a question when we knew we were gonna go with AMD and that we were gonna be back on sort of a more PC-like architecture. Yeah, an X64. Could that, like, could we really do that again? Did we build the box? Hmm. So we didn't build Xbox One with Xbox One X in mind, but once we were done, it was like, wow, can we do this? Could we really upgrade it? And and also that's like the the height of when iPhone was like really starting to come on and we're watching people upgrade their phones every year. And you're like, well, that's not gonna last. And then like they do upgrade their <laughs> yeah. phones every year. And so there was all these things kind of going on in our minds. And I, you know, I tell, I've told the story a lot that I actually worked at retail in the Genesis and SNES days, like when the 8-bit to 16-bit transition happened. And I remember like, and I was a gamer too, and we all have budgets and we all remember like, what do you do with that $50 you had and you really had to make a choice because we didn't get stuff for free. And the economics of a console transition for real people is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all of these ideas, just a team of us got together and we came up with this idea that was what if, what if we did a mid-generation console that was totally compatible um, but more powerful. How do you do it right? And we asked ourselves all the questions you guys are asking now. What does it mean for compatibility? Can we do it from a hardware perspective? What breaks? How does the business work? Does it make sense financially to make that investment? And we did a proposal on that back in 2012. Sorry. Go ahead. Who did you pitch that to? Like once a bunch of you have that idea and you agree on it, who is the person who gets that pitch? We pitched it to the Xbox leadership team at the time. Like all the- Okay, so you literally just call a meeting and like we have this idea- you just pull in a bunch of execs and that's how that works. Yeah, and we said that's like crazy. this is this is the kind of this is what we'd like to do and you rough it out. It's all sketches. Yeah. yeah. It's like you know, we have to figure out like all the parts of the business at at just a very high level. Does this all kind of work? So that's just, still I that's Matrick cool. at the time, right? Yeah. yeah. It goes up to him at mm-hmm. that point. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, Phil was so, there and yeah. lots of, yeah, I mean he was there running studios at the time too. So fast forward a little bit when you were actually watching your marketer. So like when you were watching the PS4 Pro launch where you're like, oh, we cannot do that. We're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. What lessons did you learn from there? Uh, missed up. Jumping ahead on me, Destin. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll allow it. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough I'll question, too. That, that, that PlayStation, the PS Pro, you were at that conference, right? There. That was a rough conference. It, it played a lot better in the room than well, Because than we it, couldn't it did, see it. Yeah, than it did on the, uh, on, on the internet. Yeah. yeah. It was a little bit tough. Uh, y- y- uh, wow, it's a tough one. Because whenever I say anything about Sony, it's That's like, why I was like, like, rough question, Destin. Damn. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when you do take, you take notes, yeah, right? Uh, you don't want to repeat mistakes or if you, you know. I think, um, uh, all right. I, I think I think that they're, they're, the, cl- the clarity of message and the things that landed, they probably could have done a bit better job on. And I think that that really pushed us to be super clear on a bunch of things. So while observing that, and then um, the, the support didn't really seem to be there. And that was something I know we were driving really hard and it probably redoubled our developer effort um, to, um, to make sure that the developers had everything they need because we had heard that there was, it wasn't as easy to get things up and running. um, And that was something that we didn't want to, to sort of plague the launch as well. And we had already, already, as we talked about, we already had another box, mm-hmm. the Chuckwalla development kit that was just for developers. And, and so we were really, we really sort of redoubled in like, okay, we're going to build more of these. We're going to put more support out for this than maybe we had originally thought we would need to. At what point in the timeline did the uh, most powerful console ever made tagline become a thing? It's uh, a good well, question for the marketing guy now. Yeah. Uh, I thought, look, well, it was always going to be, first off, the day we invented it because I didn't know about the PS4 Pro. <laughs> so it was always the most powerful console ever made. And then the question was like, well, is it going to be the most powerful console ever made now? So that, that put a little bit of like a, well, we're going to have to wait and see. And we had to like sort of think about what it was that they were going to do. Mm-hmm knowing what was available technologically at the time, we were pretty confident it wasn't, we were still going to land more powerful, but we did have to sort of wait because the rumors do not necessarily always tell you what's actually going to happen. Yeah. Well, you, you talked about uh, when you, when you very delicately answered this destined Sony question about, <laughs> about uh, being super clear on certain things. And I think you're alluding to 4k there. Uh, you've really rallied around 4K with this box, but that actually goes back to as a follow up to my my earlier question about drawing this thing up in 2012. Is is four because 4K is is really nowhere to be found mostly in the main as far as the mainstream goes 
at that point in time. When so when you're when you're thinking about a mid-cycle upgrade, is 4K a a marketing and or hardware rallying point at that point or is it more does that sort of crystallize and become a, a focal point hmm. to drive towards later as as the the market sort of caught up. I think up in there. 2012 people were still losing their minds about 3D. Yeah, oh that's, <laughs> that's true. true. And yeah. frankly 720 to 1080 was still yeah. like a thing yeah. b- back then. So no 4K what was what was really super clear from the beginning um and, you know and it's fun to go back and read the old documents. Compatibility and making it easy and focus on developers, those things were always 100% there. Like it was ne- it was never gonna fly if every game didn't work. It was never gonna fly if we had to like have an asterisk next to like your mileage may vary on title mm-hmm. support. This had to be like brain dead simple to really ever make it off the ground. Mm-hmm. What, how much power we put into it is a conversation that evolved over time because compatibility drove the technology decisions. And the decision, the good news is that was a much later binding decision for us because you don't produce silicon back when you have a business idea that yeah. you're trying to, mm-hmm. to work through. So 4K became clear for us. And really, I'll credit Phil for, for sort of pushing us on, okay, you have this really good idea, but what is the thing? What is the thing for gamers that's really gonna drive it? And then that's when we happen to see the PC 4K stuff really blowing up. We were looking at all the trends. We were getting to see 4K TVs for the first time. And it was kind of the the observation, our belief in 4K, because like the team has to believe in stuff. And, and we're, we don't jump on every technology. We weren't first to Blu-ray. We weren't- You don't have a VR headset right now. We're not yeah. first on VR. And, 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 and time has okay. shown that that seems to have been a pretty smart move for now. We'll talk yeah. about that later, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. the, but like, I, I, so we have to believe, right? And then you have to see the trends for customers. And we were looking at all the reports of how 4K TV was going to go. We were hearing from the TV manufacturers how s- bullish they were. HDR and wide color gamut, which is something that I think customers are starting to understand mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. We had a deeper... P- if you're a PC developer, the color and and like the the depth of colors that you build your games in is much more prevalent because TVs are much more limited. And so yeah. uh, we just there was all these things, these pieces that were coming together. It was happening on the PC, it was happening with TVs, and we believed in it. And that's when we really locked on. Okay, 4K is the thing. So when the question is, what do you build specifically? What are the numbers? 4K drove every decision that we made in those numbers. And it's it's interesting to me when I look at history, uh, specifically Xbox history, is Microsoft, you guys made a, a very, very big bet, which at the time was not a sure thing with Xbox Live of we're going broadband only. We are pushing all of our chips into that. And, the Ethernet and, port. In yeah. the back was yeah. a huge decision. Right, in 2001, and obviously the, the consoles locked way before that, as we're, we're uh, learning more and more about with you here now. So, And that bet paid off enormously. Xbox Live, still arguably the gold standard of, of online uh, matchmaking you know, gameplay service. Do you, do you see uh, the 4K bet with the X as that same sort of, we're pushing all our chips into the table, into the middle of the table on this? I don't think it's quite. I don't think it's quite as. I would argue that was probably a bolder decision because the future of the internet relies so much more on ecosystems that you don't control. Right. So I would say that that was a that was a bigger chips on the table. Like that was an all in. Um, I don't think. Uh, I think four K is a little bit more inevitable to be at yeah. this point. It maybe wasn't when we made the call exactly, and that's. Um, but we also knew that, like, even if 4K TV takes off today, there's still lots of TVs in the market, which is why we've put a lot of stuff in to make it better for 1080p TVs. So it's not, you know, this is not a box that requires a 4K TV to enjoy. Yeah. It is a box that, if you have a 4K TV, I think it's the best box to show off that TV. Mm-hmm. But it isn't. It isn't a mandatory like won't work. There's a lot of great reasons why a 1080p TV owner will want an Xbox One X. So I don't. I think that was actually a bigger bet. But certainly. You know, if the if the customers didn't like it, and if it wasn't taking off, then you, the value proposition would be a lot weaker mm-hmm. than it is. So was uh, was twenty seventeen? As you're, you know, we're going back five years. Is twenty seventeen always the target for this, or does does the PS4 Pro move that date up, move it back? Does does the sort of the the 
market share of 4K move your date up or back or, or any other sort of technological things? Or what, what is sort of the, was that always the goal? It was the, when I said 4K drove a lot, once we made that call, yeah. it really did dr- drive a lot of things. It drove the specs, it drove the price and it drove the date. And, um, and so again, remember, I didn't know, nobody on the team knew about the pro. So we weren't marching to any clock. Sure. There yeah. wasn't any timeline for us to try and hit. What we were wanted to hit was a consumer friendly price point. And we always knew that to get 4k, I mean, I love the PC stuff that's coming in now where people are like mm-hmm. the debate about, can I build a PC? It's like, no, you cannot, right? Build a PC. You could try. You could fudge it a lot. But no, you can't build a $500 PC that does what this thing does. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have a date. And so we thought, man, for $499, this thing is going to be an insane value. Because it's not a next-gen console, we're not bound by a price point that everyone has to buy in because we're not trying to convert people over. They're going to exist. Um, on the shelf at the same time, we're not going to do exclusive games for it. So developers aren't going to feel this weird pull that they feel on a console transition. So the date, the price and the specs were all driven by the goal of 4k. And then it was just when is the, when can we get the price and the specs together to, to make that happen? So 2017 had been in the plan for several years. Hmm. Uh, sort of following up on that was, uh, when, when Scorpio was, was sort of rumored and out there, a big question in the community, the, the hardcore community was, well, is this thing going to, is it going to be that new AMD Ryzen chipset? Mm. But it's, it's, it's an evolution of, yeah. of the Jaguar stuff. So was there ever a thought to, like you see, you, you know, you're working with AMD, you have, you have a, a, at least a glimpse, if not the full picture of their roadmap, and you see, well, okay, this thing can do X, Y, and Z. Uh, does, is that ever tempting to say, man, we can get so much more if we if we hang back for a little while longer. Inevitably, we face the same challenges that like a consumer faces about tech, which is you could do nothing because right. eventually something better is always around the corner. <laughs> yeah, that's like true. at some point, so so yeah, I mean, it's just we just happen to know what those are going to be maybe a few years earlier than customers know, but we're faced with the same choice. You're right. Like the box last year would have been a PS4 Pro and the box next year would be different than the box we're yeah. building now and the year after that. And so inevitably you could just like just stop and never move and make a decision. Mm. Analysis paralysis. You could totally, I mean, it's the same thing for us as it, as it is for anyone else. But, you know, I will say like we were able to prove to ourselves that we could hit our goals. And so we, when I hear about the CPU thing on online, it's such an internet driven debate because we have, we are proven, we've proven with, and we did like 50,000 emulation runs of existing code to see exactly what specs were needed to get those engines running in 4K. Um, It was the first console ever, and this was in the Digital Foundry article, one of the most unique things about developing this console is usually there is no engines, there are no games, there's no development kit. You throw out some specs and say to developers, good luck, build the best (laughs) thing you can build because this is what we could afford to make Mm -hmm. today. Um, this was the opposite. It was, no, 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 we've got, we're going to test the engines. We're going to validate that we could hit our goals hmm. and we're going to build the box that's required to do that. Um, and the CPU wasn't a limiting factor to getting Xbox one engines running, whether or not games are running at 60 or 30 is always the, like, I don't care what CPU you put in, in or what GPU you put in. Some developer is going to say, if I had more, I, I, you know, I could do more. It's like, it's inevitable. We've proven we can do 4K60 with the machine we have. Some developers care more about visuals or graphics or lighting than they care about frame rate. And if we had a better CPU, there would still be games that weren't running at 60 <laughs> frames a second because a developer would just turn it up yeah. past the point and that's what they would do. So you always, you know, you always could just wait and do something else. Yeah. How, uh, <clears throat> it was... Uh, some people were were left scratching their heads a little bit. It seems you guys seem to have proven very correct in this. Announcing the the S and the X, what, what we knew then as Project Scorpio, at the same E3 at the same time. Like, man, that's... Aren't that's they just, insane. Yeah, aren't they just cannibalizing yeah. the S? Well, Who would do no, that? The S has done very, very well, but what I, where I'm actually going with that is, I'm curious, how did, how did the S influence the X 
and and maybe even vice versa too. It's such a funny sounding sentence. I know. <laughs> it's making me think of those I'm snowboarding games. Yes, so yes, clearly. Yes. So I'll tell you true story. I was at the Portland <laughs> Retro Gaming Expo two or three weeks ago, and Ben Heck was doing a section on. And at the end of his, his mods are so good. His, it's great. Oh, I love his stuff. And so at the end of his session, and if he's listening, I was in the audience. Ben, <laughs> he, I was sitting in the back with Ed Freeze and some other folks, and we were because uh, I was waiting for his. Um, his talk to come up. So Ben Heck goes, yeah, the the latest mod I did was an Xbox one S (laughs) not an Xbox one X. (laughs) Who's the marketing genius that came up with (laughs) X and S and S and X. I'm like, uh, uh, I'm right here. Actually, I'm sitting in the back of the room. I wouldn't call myself a genius, but so I thought that was a true story. We get that a lot, but I like, you know, the naming thing, the Xbox one was super important. It had to be named an Xbox one. It had because that was just sort of fundamental to the entire story. The whole point was the all in one. That it's right. all in one product and that I don't have to think about which games I'm buying, which accessories. So calling it an Xbox One was was predestined. And and so then the question is like, do I make this super complicated? And, you know, the reality is one box is going to be $499 and one box is going to be $279. And people, I think, today have figured out how to make that <laughs> distinction. In In the real world, it turns out there's a lot of choice for people to make. And they somehow manage to figure out what's the right value for them. So I'm not – I think the name thing is a little bit – like, it's fun. I get it. But yeah. in the real world, people are going to figure out how to how to pick the products. But, but how did uh, – as you know, they're, they're both seemingly designed more or less – I'm sure there was overlap on the designs. They're, they certainly have a family resemblance from yeah. a yeah. from an aesthetic perspective. So, did, was there did did one influence the other? Or, or, you know, did, does the S? I don't know if it's all the same design team. It is. It is the same design but, team, same hardware team. Yeah. I mean, again, it, when you work things back, um, the, the, we knew of Project Scorpio when we were designing the Xbox One S, but that the actual hardware configuration hadn't been locked. So I wouldn't say that they were designed in parallel, but they were designed with the next thing in mind. So we knew that we, you know, when we made the decision to go in the internal hard drive, that was a decision that we knew was going to affect projects. The power source. Like the power source. What did I say? Hard drive. (laughs) Sorry. Figured I knew. Yes, the internal power supply. We knew that that was a decision that was going to affect Xbox One X as well. Mm -hmm. So I would say. Thank you, by the way. Yes. Yes. (laughs) There's no going back now, by the way. (laughs) Cannot go back to a brick ever again. Yeah, you're right. We'll do that. We'll see. (laughs) Please no. Says you. You're right. But no, I have no power to it. I'll make sure we'll have you come to the meeting. You can pitch your case, but no, I I think you're right. I think that, I think that those days are gone. And so um, there were a lot of decisions that were made that we had to keep an eye on because we didn't want to go backwards. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wouldn't say that um, it was like, we weren't designing these things in parallel. It was more, what's the cascade effect of decisions that we're making on S. Does the, uh, do the aesthetics of the, because the S came out, that's obviously what we saw first. And it's, Pretty much everybody, I mean, I think everybody loves it. It's just, it's a beautiful minimalist console, small, quiet. Uh, Are there design cues taken from that uh, to the X? Obviously there's the family resemblance, but was, were they, did that, did the sort of, when that came out and people seemed to love the S, was the X already, was the design already locked at that point? Uh, I wouldn't say it was locked, but yeah, I mean, we had prototypes of, again, by the time something ships, you're well into the next stage on the yeah. next thing. So by the time you guys saw the Xbox One S, the public, the Xbox One X designs were, I wouldn't call them locked because there is always this process of um, what what you theorize the components are going to do and what the components do in the real world. And as you can imagine, and by the way, there is like a group of people that have to go through global certifications and drop tests. And there's, there's a manner of things in this business that people don't even know about that, that drive decisions around design and things like that. But yeah, we fundamentally had the box design and look and feel about the same time that, that you guys saw the Xbox One Interesting. Design-wise, what was the biggest challenge to get into the box? Was it like the water cooling, the vapor chamber fan thing in the back? Or like, what's something that uh, took a lot of effort, but you're like, I'm so proud that we got that in there? Uh, it, it's funny because the things that I find interesting in my job, having done it, are not necessarily the most interesting things that customers will think <laughs> about. Um, in this one, I, I love that 
we kind of had permission to just go all out on every aspect. And there's always compromise. There is always compromise in time to market and cost and the benefit of the thing that you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And you always try and put your money in the customer benefit. Mm -hmm. If I have to make a decision about an internal versus an external power supply over something a customer will see, I'll always choose the customer feature. Um, In this one, we had a little bit more room to like, I would say, go above and beyond in areas that that weren't quite as one-to-one. And so things like cooling and power management, you always have this balance in a size, which is cost, noise, and uh, heat. And you're always trading those things off. Mm. And we said from the beginning, you know what would really make people go nuts if this thing was actually smaller? Mm -hmm. Like that would make people go nuts. And that was going to require a bunch of invention, like things we didn't even know how to do. And so the team, it would have been easier to make this console bigger. Mm. Oh, no doubt. Um, So they they took it as a challenge. They took it as a challenge. And I've said this, I think you and I talked about this, is like the team kind of wanted to show off, and that's kind of fun. It's like they wanted to show show what they could do. Hmm. Because not people usually think of Microsoft as the software company. True. And I think, you know, we do pretty good hardware, so like we're going to – we're going to show off a little bit this time. And we had permission to do that. And so a lot of things for me, the power cable, which is the least interesting thing to anybody, but me personally was one of the biggest, um, even I would say arguments, heated arguments between the engineering team and, uh, and, and myself over whether that could even be done because cables, like there's like mm-hmm. Watts and there's amps and there's heat and there's regulations. And they're like, we're driving a hundred more Watts in this thing. We can't use the same power cable. I'm like, we need to use the same power cable. And they um, wanted to use the same power cable too. But that that is one of those things that no one will care about. But as a guy who's gotten to go through this process a bunch of times, that's cool. that debate and that the team took the challenge and then ultimately was able to, to make it work um, is one of the, probably the more interesting like seemingly small thing, yeah, like large that. amount of discussion internally mm. about it. Uh, this might seem silly, but on the, on the back of that that answer, was there why go back to black? Was it is it just to, to stand out on the shelf? You're talking about you know coexisting consoles in the in the same space, the S and the X, or or is there a, a, another another reason why you, you switch back to the mm. the black console? Also, thank you. Oh, <laughs> for black consoles. Yeah, yeah. this All is one. So black. you know, black and white are uh, like they're very interesting colors because they, you know, look. You look at anything, and black and white are usually the top two colors. And I don't care like what clothes, cars, furniture, appliances. Mm-hmm. Like black and white are usually like at the top. And so the you know, we've gone back and forth a couple of times and sometimes just like only just occurred to me, like original Xbox was black. 360 was white, white. Yeah. then, then we black again black. and then yeah. white with the, uh, the 360 all the way through to oh, the slim was yes. black as well to S. And then we Man, went back to white. It's interesting. Sometimes it's really just like, I think we're tired of black. Right? <laughs> and in, in the case of the Xbox one S there was a lot of, there was a lot of spirit of 360 in that design. And when we, I don't, it wasn't intentional but when we saw it standing up for the first time, there was a bunch of us that were like, that thing's got a little bit of a 360 vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And so when we were looking at black and white, the reality was a lot of us internally, a lot of people just like preferred the fresh look. And we liked that callback a little bit to 360. And so that was like, I would say a heated debate that just really came down to a lot of passionate people and a lot of good dialogue Hmm. when it came to, but we liked the black one too. We just, and we shipped, I think we've shipped some black versions in special editions. I could be wrong of the Xbox one S maybe not, but we'd we'd had prototypes of lots of different colors. So there was a black version that always existed. And at this case, now we went back to like how we did it when we launched the first Elite. Yeah. We had the white 360 (laughs) and then the Elite was was black. black. Yeah. Yeah. And you just need a way to, for like sometimes to simply, along with the name, visually differentiate the two boxes. Not as interesting of a story, but there is always, (laughs) there's, you know, internally there's always this really fun dialogue about how you do these things. All right. Uh, You've, you've been asked this before. You're probably tired of it, but it's, I still have trouble wrapping my head around sort of what the X means for the future. So, is this a new generation or not? Will there be games one day where the X, talking about making it more like PC, is the X one day going to be the minimum spec Xbox for a for for some games? I don't think so. I think I think that 
there's this question gets asked a lot. It's been asked a lot by you. Yeah, uh, I've heard that question get asked a lot. I mean, obviously, the name uh, the name tells a lot of the story about what our intent is, yeah. and um, I think the question makes a lot of sense if I am just in the context of the console business where nothing like this has been done before. And I go and I'm asking people to move and migrate and upgrade. But in this case, we've said it, like some people will, we still think Xbox One S will be the volume leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we don't want to sp- have that in people's minds that that has to be a consideration. I don't want anybody to feel like they bought the wrong console. Mm. And part of that would be a promise that the games are going to, are going to work. And also we built the thing to work that way. It runs Xbox one games. It is, it is a 1060 and a 1080. It is the same machine. And so all of the development effort, even if you tried to build an Xbox one X only game, you're going to get an Xbox one S version at the Mm. same time. And I don't think high end PC cards are held back by the fact that they, like, I don't hear anybody go, well, like, oh, man, what, are you going to stop making that 1060? Because all the games would be better if you just had the 1080. It's like, well, it's the same card. Sure. <laughs> You're just going to get less performance. Well, but there comes a yeah. time when when you'll, through various efficiencies and things, be able to drive the, the price, the manufacturing price, certainly, of the X down far enough where, you know, time moves on and the X is super cheap to make. So... So that there is there going to be a next thing that's not Xbox One? It'll be Xbox something else, and that's when we're going to sort of draw another line in the sand? I mean, that's the question that we're going to have to see how this goes. I yeah. mean, part of it is this is a grand new experiment that, mm-hmm. that both us and Sony are on with this yeah. concept. And right now, we have to sort of build trust that the stuff you're buying is going to work and that this entire ecosystem is going to make sense for people and make sense for developers. And then that will inform a lot of what happens. I think there are always going to be step changes in technology. And and I don't think we've ever said that console generations go away because of this idea. But I do think it changes the nature of how you think about compatibility, which has always been an afterthought for the most part in consoles. There have been consoles that have had a lot of compatibility. Now you guys have doubled down on it. And we're doubling down going back even further. Yeah. And so and Phil said this a lot and and you know again I talked about being at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo and I sort of use that as a time to just contemplate the industry and think about what you know the Portland Retro Gaming Expo of 2025 looks like. Mm-hmm. It's just fun time in my head in my head to think about the future of the business and we have to see how this goes, but I do know that we're making a huge effort in compatibility. A lot of the stuff you saw the tools that we're doing for 360 are tools that were necessary to make the Xbox One and S and X games compatible. We're building a lot of that strength in software to do that. And so I think compatibility is going to be like a more important focus. And then there'll be step changes in hardware. There'll be evolutions. I'm not sure like what the next thing's going to look like. It's um, safe to say whatever the next thing is, is almost certainly going to carry the, the compatibility torch forward that you guys have, have lit and brought down from the mountaintop. I, I would certainly say we're doubling down on a commitment that that's what we're going to try and do. That's something that's super important to us. And that, that actually, uh, you mentioned that you hadn't seen the original Xbox compatibility stuff on, on, uh, on Xbox one until, till I did when I was yeah. there a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, when did you get keyed in on the compatibility team picking up Scorpio and going, Hey, we can use this on uh, Halo Three first to start with, and Assassin's Creed and Oblivion and Fallout. When did you uh, sort of get wind of that and 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 maybe see it for the first time? Well, I mean, you you got the story, and the truth is, is that they had experimented with that stuff before Scorpio. They had experimented with taking 360 games and making them run at higher resolutions on Xbox One, and it wasn't. It, there just wasn't enough difference. Yeah. Um, and um, it wasn't built that way, right? I mean, we'd put some hardware things in to allow compatibility to be easier, but it wasn't like a design goal of Xbox One where it was a design goal of Xbox One X. And so I had seen sort of like, the, I, I was aware that they could do it. I wasn't, it, and I got some early demos of some of it working on Xbox One X, and then it really became like, oh my God, we got to do this. And then that runs into all the same issues that you've, you know, we talked to you about with licensing. Yeah. And and the difference is Xbox 360 games have to almost have 
like premonition about the future to, <laughs> for this to work where original Xbox games were much simpler. We could apply that to everything for 360 titles. There needed to be some DNA in the game that makes it work. So not all games, when you apply this look really better, some, some break in weird ways. Right. And so that's why we're only doing four. But to me, that's like, there is no reason to have done that other than it's just cool. Mm-hmm. And the team puts in extra hours to make it happen. And now, you know, if you have an Xbox one X, you're going to see like some 4k 360 games that just look insane. It's really cool. Uh, so what, uh, I know you, you wanted to avoid this question at the top. You said you'd just been like trying out a bunch of stuff, but what, what game has uh, either impressed you the most or what's been your favorite thing to pop in in the specific context of seeing the X improvements to it? Oh man, you're going to get me in so much trouble. Yeah, that's the point. I'm so busted. (laughs) It's funny because I have to, I'll be, I'm a car guy. So my answer will seem very on the level, but it's true. The the Forza team was one of the teams that we work with early on to to even help validate some of our assumptions. So Forza 7 really was working at the earliest stages, not just on their engine on it, but also helping us validate it. So right now, that is the game that that probably pushes the box the hardest. Yeah. Um, so if I had to say, like, you've got to go see one game that's sort of emblematic of um, what the box does, it's going to be that game. Because yeah. right now, they've, they've had the longest. I, I was going to remind people, that people just got the dev kits right before E3. So we've announced over 160 games enhanced. We're going to have a lot of games around the week of launch. I mean, typical console launches get 15 games, 18 titles. We're going to have 50, 70 games in the first two weeks that take advantage of the box. And and yet the developers have not had a ton of time with our console. And so I think Forza is the one that shows it off the best now. It's I think going back, it's, it's also interesting because there's a bunch of titles that are going back. And so Gears is the other one that sort of surprised me because I, my PC rig is not powerful enough to turn gears all the way up. So I hadn't seen the best of what gears had to offer until, and they've made some improvements even since then on the Xbox one X version. And so that's a game that's like, Oh my God, this game looked like that, you know, almost a year ago. That's exciting. And, but you know, most people were seeing it on there if they were lucky enough to have a maybe 32 inch 4k monitor versus a, 50 plus inch. Well, you know who's going to be mad at you is Playground Games. No love for the Horizon team. You're, you're over there. Well, we have. <laughs> you haven't seen anything on that yet. <laughs> no, well, you, we, I'm waiting for their. Well, they, they're yeah, one of the promised else. updates. We told. Yeah, we said an update. Yeah, coming. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be good. Yeah. Internally, I'm hitting the refresh button on the enhanced page to see when they're available now. How prepped do you think you're going to be for day one, having all the enhancements available now for consumers? So, yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be everybody's going through this at the same time. And so we've got um, Xbox One X enhanced filters on the console. And and right now there's a little bit of of a delay sometimes between when the console knows the updates there and the updates there. I I know we're going to have that stuff largely resolved, hopefully by the time you guys have seen some of these sort of disconnects. Hopefully by the time customers come out, it's not there. But we always tell people like, we have a filter. By the way, that filter works on S, which I think is super neat. So if you ever wonder like, what games do I own now? I'm thinking about getting an X. Do I actually own anything that's going to work? You can actually check on the S nice. oh, and see cool. what games you have that Selling are already them, upselling enhanced. them there, Albert. I see <laughs> well, what you're doing, buddy. I, you Good could, job. You could take it that way. You could take it that way, but I just think it's more of like, oh, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, imagine if you knew what 360 games that's not even a sales thing. Imagine if you just knew what 360 games you own now that was going to work yeah, on one. For sure. Mm. So like to me, that's more about the compatibility in the long term. But yeah, I like that the fact that, you know, there's that part too. <laughs> um, and so I, I think we'll have that largely worked out. But basically, check your enhanced filter. And if that doesn't show up, but you think the updates up there launch the game. Because um, the way Xbox Live works, you have to be on the latest bits to, to oh, sign yeah. in online. So if there is an update there and it doesn't show up on your filter... If you launch the game, you've got the latest version because hmm. otherwise you would get a prompt to download an update. All right, let's get some news. You're gonna you're sitting in here, here stuck here for the All whole right, time. News. Here we go. There's not a ton going on this week because I mean everything Ooh. everything's coming out, including yeah. the Xbox One X. But the news we have been waiting for, yeah. Justin, uh, PUBG. Yeah, we finally got an Big Xbox date for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, December twelfth. Yes, for December. Early sorry. December 31st prediction for Xbox One was our original prediction. That was our, our we were, we were half joke. We were yeah. only half joking. Like we kind of thought 
Boy, they're really they're coming in That's under like the water. Technically, here. like there's not another day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thought they'd use every day possible. Yeah, December twelfth though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think 30 that's bucks. a great date for that. Like, I feel like that's such a good time to play. Like over the holiday period. Like, oh, I'm, I'm happy stoked. about that. Yeah. You and I are gonna play a lot, right? I'm we play both play a hell of a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've been wanting to organize like unlocked like play sessions that mm-hmm. we can play with people who listen to the show. So I think this is like the perfect time. I to think do we that. could find uh, 99 people. To play with, I, yeah. something tries me. That's not a logistical nightmare, which I had to do once. Well, <laughs> we don't have to get them to record it. Yeah, yeah, that's you just true. Play that's it. true. Uh, getting it's getting a retail release. I thought that well, was really interesting. Which, which yeah. it might is that the first time an early uh, a game preview title has ever gotten uh, a retail think, release in I that state? Think like it might be, yeah. Unless Ark got one too. I don't know. Uh, yes, the, Ark actually did. It get did. A okay. Retail release. Yeah. Okay, um, that was the other one that jumps to mind. Yeah. And it's $30, which I think is a solid price for what it is. Um, it. it had to be cheap, obviously, even considering, uh, the battle Royale mode of Fortnite. Like that's a thing that yeah. I'm sure they considered when it came to the price. And I was worried they'd make it more expensive because it was like, you know, they're the highest selling game this year, mm-hmm. like period. Like I'm sure there was a part that they were like, Hmm, maybe we could get away with 50 bucks for Do this. Go for it. <laughs> right. Like they could have in theory, but I'm, I'm glad that it, it was study. Yeah. I think that's a solid price. Yeah. You, uh, you hooked on this yet? I know Ibarra is. Oh, he's all over it. I, you know what? <laughs> it's funny because you're like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in early. And then early is like, oh, there was 8 million people. And then there's like 10 million people. <laughs> and there's like 50 million people. And there's a point where to my, I'm just going to wait for the console. I'm a console gamer. So like, yeah. I'll just wait where all the other noobs come in at the same time. <laughs> it's true. All, more of an even like, playing. Like, when I'll just sort of get started at the same time. Well, it know. totally is that kind of game too. Because once you figure out, you know, which houses tend to drop which weapons, it's like, that's a huge advantage. And that's something that can take you months to learn. So Pachinki, stay away. Don't <laughs> don't go there. There's no weapons in Pachinki. You don't want to go to that. We've tried. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited There's about this release. There. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. Good job, Justin. <laughs> Hello there. Would you like to save money and play more video games? Well, let me introduce you to our sponsor, Gamefly. Gamefly is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games. At Gamefly.com, you pick your favorite games and have them mailed directly to your door or mailbox. Gamefly is the leading video game rental service with over 9,000 titles to choose from. You can try your favorite games before you buy and keep the games as long as you want with no late fees. So if you're stuck on a boss fight or having a really good time, it's not a big deal. You can cancel at any time, and they also offer movie rentals too. Go to Gamefly.com locked and start your free premium 30-day trial today. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer, again, by visiting Gamefly.com locked. Now go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days right now. Uh, all right. So continual updates to Xbox Live. Uh, Albert, you guys, so the team just continues to kill it here. Uh, we've gotten monthly or, or near thereabouts updates for the system. Remember back when you used to get a fall and a spring update? Twice a year. Twice yeah. a year. I remember that. And there would just be this big pile of cool new stuff, maybe a new dashboard. Now it's just a continual iteration, uh, which has been great. And this has been something that's coming for a while. Mikey Barra, really uh, proud of this one on Twitter, and justifiably so. Right in time for the holidays, you can now gift digital games to anybody you want, yep. which is which is so great. Uh, it's This is accessible from the uh, alpha ring of the Insider program for right now. And here's the part that I think is uh, the, oh, I'm super glad they thought of and implemented that right out of the, the gate, is if you happen, if the recipient happens to already own the game, maybe you don't know that, like maybe you, you're buying them Forza Motorsport 7, but they had it on day yep. one with their Xbox One X, the, the, it can be re-gifted, or uh, you can just give the purchaser a refund, mm-hmm. which I think is a, a really yeah. smart way to go. Um, how is that? Have you had to work sort of closely with the with the OS team, with the dashboard team throughout the X to to try to leverage it or or, oh. or keep it in mind at all, or or do they just kind of do their thing and it's just. It just runs nice and looks nice on the ass. No, Kevin Gamel, which you probably I did meet, you, him. meet, meet Kevin. Yeah. He's sort of my partner in crime on this on on Abara's team. So yeah, I mean he the 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 platform team and the OS team are they drive a lot of the compatibility and they're they're like kind of the unsung heroes because 
they're not necessarily the feature team per se, but they're the team that makes stuff work. So when your console actually boots and like your games actually run and that's the team that makes the the OS work and they do all of the developer work as well. So yeah, those those guys are um, for all of the compatibility stuff to work, um, you know, to talk about how we're going to sort titles. Those they're fundamental to this process. And of course, they're all gamers and have their own opinions and, and like bring a lot of value to the process too. The latest update is fantastic. I've been talking a lot on the show just about how like, oh man, it chugs. The menus chug on me. And like this latest update seems to have addressed a lot of those issues. Yeah. I am well, so we happy. We spoke about that and with I them in an event the uh, earlier this year that like the UI was kind of slow. There would be parts that would lag. And it was like, I know that was a really big part of supposedly of the Xbox One X was like yeah. fixing all of those problems and making sure it's smooth. And I think even on my Xbox One, the latest update runs faster. Well, look how yeah. far we've come too from the launch Xbox One where uh, everything was seemingly like pinging a server all the time mm-hmm. and there were like the workaround was like put in Google for your <laughs> DNS mm-hmm. or something because mm-hmm. even even to like s- to snap a window was, you'd get the yeah. you'd get that spinning yeah. circle it's like no I just want my thing mm-hmm. and that's all all gone yeah. all redone it's great um, the most exciting part of this for me, though, is games with no unlocked achievements can now be hidden from the personal and public view of your profile. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody. I've been asking about this for yeah, so a long. collective yeah. community Oh, man. I wish that I could get rid of ones that have like five because it drives me crazy. <laughs> up but, the threshold a yeah, little bit. Yeah, they'll like, be like a game that I'm like, I need to try this game to see what it is to compare it to this other thing. And I'm like, I'm never going to play this again. And I just have five. But uh, no, I actually had Injustice 2. I finished the game, played a bunch of it, and I because I played it all offline, I never got the achievements, and I like, oh. put the disc in, and I've tried, and I just don't have any of the achievements, and so now I hate that game. <laughs> I have like a vendetta against it. I'm like, never playing this game. I was scrolling again. through my list of like three, because I check everything out, but I don't have time to, pl- I mean, you guys, God, amen, that you dedicate the time to get through all this stuff. So like my entire list is zero achievement games. Yeah. Like 300 <gasps> zero achievement games. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Just, like, check stuff out, and then, oh, I'll check the next thing out. So, yeah. Thank God. So, I know, I'm so happy about this. Slightly less embarrassing <laughs> Uh, and let's see, I think that's really. Did we mention that you can re-gift the gifted yes. games as well? Yeah, you did mention that. Mention that as well because I think that's really cool too. Super cool. So yeah. That, again, I'm just like a huge fan of the Insider program and all of the games of service updates we keep getting. And you guys have expanded the heck out of that. That used to be like a really small circle. You had to like know a guy who knew a guy to get into that. And now it's it's evolved to the point where it's just like, well, okay, anybody can opt, opt in. in. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. It, and it's it's got to be. I guess it's double-edged sword for you guys because you get more people helping to to bang on stuff to make sure that it all works soundly. But it's but when things don't, you've got a much larger pool of people to you know have to have to address issues with. I've actually never had any of the things in the Insider program break on me. Yeah, I, I've I, never had issues with any of them. Yeah, there's. I mean, I think the 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 ring that gets the largest number of people. There are there is obviously rings that the this is the alpha developers one are yeah, in as well. where stuff is broken all the time, um, and so I think I think the ring that most people can get into. Part of that is just growing. Like we have, like we had to go explain to people what this meant and set expectations that you are opting into mm. something that isn't done. And, and as we've scaled it, the one I think most people get is really like sort of, Hey, we're feeling very confident about yeah. this. And we really just want to make sure that there's some, not some unexpected condition out in the wild that someone sees that we just didn't see. Yeah. And it gives us time, but there are, trust me, there are people inside who are like on broken builds all yeah. the time that are <laughs> suffering through for the good <laughs> of mankind and gamerdom that have got to like deal with, <laughs> all, the time. Uh, all right, Alana, let's talk releases. What uh, What is coming out? What can we spend our money on? Maybe, maybe a console? Maybe a console? <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to, Ryan. I don't know. Albert, do you know anything about that? Buy an Xbox One X. <laughs> <laughs> November 7th, $499. Actually, if you're does, in New York, go to the event. Yeah, that does bring yeah, up a good six. point, though, is uh, all the Scorpio edition pre-orders are gone. There will be no more of those. Uh do you right. can, just <laughs> smiling cheesy because you got one? Yeah, did you get one? <laughs> I did. Big grin over here. We did our best to tell people to go and get one. I was in we Germany tried. at Gamescom, and I'm like, I want a console. Yeah, I remember that. You want <laughs> yeah. too? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is the day one availability situation looking like? You must get reports. I know you can't like have any specifics. Like yeah. it's it's there are three million of it. No, but what 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 are people looking at uh, if they did not pre-order? Um, I think you'll be okay. 
if um, but it's going to be scarce. And I, this look again, you're asking the guy who's like working on the launch. <laughs> so I I think that it is going to be hotter in demand than than people might expect. The the you know the 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 Scorpio edition pre-order sold out very fast, and we put a lot of those out. So people missed the part where we said it was the fastest and most selling unit that mm. of any Xbox ever. We sold more of them faster than any other Xbox. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Um, but we did that because we knew that we needed units available at retail. So we did do another pre-order, but a lot of um, retailers had to hold those out of their their um, in-store units. So all the pre-orders that you're seeing now for the standard editions, a retailer had to decide, do I want them in-store or do I want to pre-order it? So I think you'll be okay on day one, and we have a pretty aggressive replenishment plan, but I don't think we're going to actually hit the demand that we that we're seeing for this. You might I think not it will be scarce. You might not be able to get into specifics, but you talk about replenishment plan. Is this is this going to be a situation where so it's it's consoles out November seventh. You got uh, you got the holidays, you know, month and change after that. Are we looking at like sort of weekly replenishments? We are shipping units every week. Okay, oh that's cool. We are going to ship units every week. Um, is there a Black Friday plan? Uh, there won't be any discounting on Xbox. I wouldn't products. have assumed a discount, but I guess like and I might as well ask him while he's here. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, there won't. There won't like if anybody's waiting for the the Black Friday bundle deal on an Xbox One X, it doesn't. Uh, Xbox One S, there's going to be some killer deals this, okay. this year. But on Xbox One X, there won't. There, you know, if you see one, get it. There are units coming every week. Um, but I do think, like I said, I do think we're going to see a bunch of unfulfilled demand on it. And I wouldn't wait. Now, some retailers people might, can be prepared. So now, retailers, again, we ship them every week, but y- y- you guys... Amazon, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> you might have a better chance actually walking into a store th- than, than trying to get it online because we are seeing the online pre-orders go super fast. So check a store. Um, I would highly recommend people do on launch day. So if... Cool. Uh, you're, you're, so you get there early and you feel like, generally speaking in retail, if you get get there early on the 7th, if you didn't pre-order, you might have a, a yeah. fair shot of getting one. Is that, we, we, I, you know, you can never. You can't, well, like, it is, it is it's a double-edged sword because there's a part of me that's like, wants to hear that it is absolutely impossible to get <laughs> because that it's like, we did it. And then, but you, we really tried to be thoughtful about not arbitrarily holding units back and trying to create like we made a number of units and that was the ones that we put out. We didn't do anything weird about the Scorpio editions. They all went out that day. We wanted them to be pre-order. We are shipping units every week. We're not holding any back to try and create some sort of scarcity. Mm-hmm. Retailers have a lot of discretion. They might be holding units so that on Black Friday, they've got more to sell. Interesting. But we are doing everything we can to keep this keep the supply going. Um, so do I hope that you can't find one? I, I will not lie. I hope that you are like, damn it, Albert, I've never gotten one. It's been six months. Um, but I will tell you, we'll try going to the stores. I think we're within the first two weeks, we're going to be as good as we can about getting more units. Out. It's good to hear. Cause we always wonder about that. And like, do yeah. you hold it back for like marketing reasons? Like to make it seem hot, but yeah. not. that's gotta be a tough line to walk though, because you know, you want to fulfill, ideally you want to just you want to have zero leftover units, but fulfill everybody that wants one yeah. and not a, not a single like one classes, more or a single business, one less. Yeah. Business case right? challenge. Like how many newspapers do you yeah, have left like at that's, the end of the week? That's right? gotta be a, I'm sure there's all sorts of market research and things that go into that, but I don't envy that of, of you and your team of trying to figure out, you know, do which, which side do we err on, you know, yeah. producing maybe a bit fewer because, you know, I'm guessing you guys probably aren't necessarily making, a ton of money per console, if at all, on this? Or do we like do we err on the side of let's make sure there are enough out there, mm-hmm. even if we're they're sitting on shelves for a little while? You don't want a Dreamcast, but you don't want a Nintendo I can't buy anything situation. Exactly. We, we, and we, Amiibo. We, talk, yeah. we talked a lot about that, you know, in how we tried out. It it is it is an impossible, it's a Gordian knot, as they say. It is a thing that cannot be untied. We yeah. can't we'll never get it a hundred percent right. But we we and we you know, it is it is a new tech. I mean, it does have many of those new console things. We are limited in how many we can make because of the process and yields and all the things that go into new consoles. So inherently there is only so many we can make, but we're not doing anything weird. As soon as we can make them, we're getting them out so that people can buy them. Very good to know. All right, Alana, what else besides new consoles? There's one game you might have heard of called Call of Duty World War II. Yeah. It's coming out this Friday. week. Yeah. $60. Yeah. I'm legit excited for that one. It does look really Can't good. wait to play yeah, the campaign. Great. I haven't played a Call of Duty. Sledge since is the best campaign developer, I think, of the of the three Call of Duty teams. I like the multiplayer. Some people, people seem a lot hotter on that 
uh, this year than they were on last year's what? Uh, Infinite Warfare last year? The future one. Yeah, I think yeah, because I'm getting confused. It's like advanced warfare, infinite warfare, space warfare. Like what? <laughs> I don't. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's going to be a huge seller, of course. Um, and then Sprint Tires Mud Runner is forty dollars. Get your pre-orders in, folks. <laughs> Digitally, we can get uh, New Mancha, which is thirty dollars. Maria the Witch for five dollars, and Dead a Exit for ten dollars. New Mancha. Or New also, Mancha. I think we got a, a pretty good group of ID and Xbox names this week. We yeah. we, we, we kind of yes, we, we make fun we, of we names a lot. Bag on no, these lot. are good names. New Mancha. Okay, I'm curious about that. Maria the Witch. A I'm, plus, I'm fine with that. And Dead Exit sounds awesome. Yeah. Just from a as just from a title perspective, like yeah, I want to know what that is. Yeah, I'm cool with all of those. Good <laughs> job, friends. <laughs> we had I had someone tweet me once and be like, hey, you guys spoke about my game on Unlocked this week. You made fun of the title, but thank you. I was like, oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Still counts. Uh, Marketplace November games with gold from November first to thirtieth. We have Trackmania Turbo on Xbox One. Tales from the Borderlands, November 16th yeah, to December 15th. The whole series, get that all one. of it. I have not it's finished so that good. series, so I am getting on that one. Um, Nights into Dreams from November 1st the to 15th, Xbox games, One yeah. and Xbox 360. And Deadfall Adventures, November 16th to 30 on Xbox One and Xbox 360. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of AAA games coming out this month, so maybe we'll dial it a little back on the, the AAA stuff on, on the freebies. Yeah, Tales from the Borderlands is excited. Clear out in this time period. Yeah, you, know, you got to make room. It's market reality. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, excellent. All right, you want to do a little Xbox trivia while you're here? Oh man, there's if no I, if I don't get it right. It's going to be no. So it's fine. It's uh, I, I think I get them wrong got, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think you've got sort of a just a, hmm. a reasonable chance. You may just remember this. You've worked at Microsoft a long time. Okay. Um, I did happen to remember this, and I don't know why. Probably because I'm just damaged mentally. But Kevin from Massachusetts asks, uh, who sponsored the very first DLC package for the original Gears of War that included the maps Raven Down and Old Bones? Remember, this was like brought to you by X. And we've seen this here and there since uh, brands getting in on sponsoring DLC. So was it brought to you by G4 TV, the Discovery Channel, Spike TV, or Maxim Magazine? Now, do remember <laughs> this... That this dates back to uh, what two thousand six, I guess maybe two thousand seven for the DLC. So, Alana, do you think you know this? This is absolutely going to be a guess. Okay, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with B Discovery Channel. My logic is, I was obviously ripped off by this one growing up in Australia and being there when that came out, where we don't have G4 Spike or Maxim. So Discovery is the one that's universal, meaning they could have done a larger partnership. I also don't know that they would partner with Maxim. I don't know that G4 would sponsor this kind of thing, and I literally don't know what Spike TV is. <laughs> so, B, <laughs> Discovery Channel. Of course. Okay. I, I like your logic, mm. unless, of course, the sponsorship was region by region. It could have been. Could have been. Or it could have just not been sponsored in Australia, but it's like, i got to find an answer somehow. So, Albert, what do you think? I think it's Maxim. Okay. Okay. Because Seems I remember them doing a lot of gaming stuff back in the day, mm. and also, it's the most weird one on here. So, Ma- so there's a little bit basically of basically like, like a, a Playboy-esque magazine, it was, right? It was supposed to be a more approachable, lighter, and, and lighter okay. More, more men's more lifestyles. <laughs> more of the articles. More, more the men's articles. lifestyle. Okay. A little bit less centerfold. Alright, <laughs> interesting. Because I was like, maybe they wouldn't partner with that, but then at the same time, it's not like it's a kid's they were just, They were really trying to... I, that, so I don't know why. I remember them doing a lot of stuff around video games when, yeah. when they were big, so that's funny. Alright, right, Destin, there's no Marty here. So yeah. You're, you're really in crunch time, 11th hour... Last chance. Uh, we have a trophy that users make every year out of an X, out of a different Xbox controller. Uh, so we had the Dookie the first year, which, and then we had uh, the the uh, the Essie last year. So Destin trails Marty, whose seat you're you're filling today, mm-hmm. uh, and, and time is running out on yeah. the year. Also, if he's right, Marty does not get that point. <laughs> no. Yeah, that is not Marty. happening. So what do you think, Destin? Uh, I'm a little nervous because I do know that Discovery Channel did back one of the Gears of War DLC packs, but it was the Garden Map and the other one, I believe. So I'm wondering if it was a different person previously or if i'm remembering incorrectly because there were two map packs there was that one and then there was and you're running the risk one. of overthinking it or are you yeah oh, no the the only other one i would i don't think g4 would have done it I don't like just because either. it's too murky but yeah. spike did have a <laughs> what is spike tv show. It, it was that's like a guy that's the thing that the, the game awards is on every year yeah Oh, will we stream that? So I know, but that's <laughs> where it, it started. So okay. it does still exist. Basically, okay. they air cops 24-7. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Um, 
What you gonna do? Oh man, I'm worried Alana's gonna get it. Because I think she picked Discovery, which I know they did a map pack. You've done this before, Destin, where you've gone with someone else's answer just because you were like, well, if they get the point, then I also want the point, and it did not work for you. Yeah, but I also did the inverse last episode, and it bit me in the butt. Uh, I'll go Spike. All right. Uh, Oh, all different answers. I'm really nervous right now. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think it's over, Destin. Oh, it was Discovery. No way! Discovery. success! The logic got you there. Excellent. I Uh, wonder if it was uh, Universal. I guess so. Ah. So, so you did Discovery that, sponsor all the DLC then? A lot of it, I guess. But yeah, it was the Discovery Channel. Fair I'm shot, the most embarrassed. Robert. That's all right. Uh, no worries. Sorry, Destin. I think we can. We might be ready to etch Martin's what, name. It's it a five? lot more exciting if we give different answers. Also, yeah. Is what, what five? Am I behind? By oh yeah, five. you're down. You're down five, uh, and we've got like seven weeks to go, something like that. All right. <laughs> Man, <laughs> the magic number. I think I'm just getting nervous okay, because I knew that thing. one. If you manage to invite a guest on every week, then Marty will opt out because he's a fancy executive boy. Yeah. So every if you just invite a different guest every week, Marty will be like, I guess I can't be on the show. You just have to produce on lock. I need Phil. I need Mike Ivara. <laughs> yeah, just get in contact with them. Yeah. yeah, we'll get uh, them all. All right, good stuff. If you want to take a <laughs> shot at trivia, send us your Xbox trivia questions. Include four multiple choice answers, please, and note the correct one in your email. Send it to unlocked at IGN.com. Let's hit the road. Albert Pinello, uh, it was a pleasure having Thank you here. You. Thank you Thank for you. making the trip. I appreciate it. This was a blast. It. You this were was great. Fun. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. It was great. Uh, where can we follow you on social media? I don't know if you want to give your gamer tag out. Any my gamer stuff. tag is Albert, and my Twitter is at Albert Pinello. So <laughs> Easy. I'm super creative. Good gamer tag. Easy. Great marketing. You, you got in good uh, <laughs> I got in on, on the gamer yeah. tag. Uh, I got, yes, that's, that's right. Great. Yeah. I have, no, you didn't just go for A, like, you know, uh, like Eric took... E. Took E, yeah. Well, that was his nickname, so can, I'll give him credit. But you could have just taken A. Just a that been I more. think having your actual name it's is better good. than it's A. Pretty, right. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, there's no, yeah, Ryan was long gone by the time. Yeah. And I was in the in the early. original beta, you know, before the thing even launched, but even then, still gone. No, I figured out early That's on people are going to want to just wise. use their name. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Alana? I am at Charalana's out on all of the things, and I wanted to say that I have... An exciting Gears of War-related announcement. We're revealing a thing on Friday. Cool. So check that out. Like uh, that. The reveal will be up at uh, 9 a.m. on IGN.com and YouTube.com slash IGN. So check that out. Destin? I'm really mad about that trivia answer because I'm I actually knew the answer, but I talked myself out of it. I also kind of tried to talk you out of it. So. Yeah, that's fine. Playing the mind games. <laughs> uh, yeah, at Destin Legary on Twitter. Awesome. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, quick show uh, mentions here. Uh, I presume it's safe to give out the Xbox One X embargo information at this point. I'm looking across the room. We're not getting a thumbs, a thumbs up. up. Thumbs yeah. up. Oh, we saw it. Uh, look for the <laughs> review posting at midnight on Friday. So Thursday night, Friday morning, 12.01 a.m. I feel like we should have it time. on the table next week. We probably should have had it in here this week. We could have had it this week. I think people I think they need it to review. Yeah, yeah they do. Working. <laughs> yeah. Good. But um, yeah, that, that would have been like a good thing for a host to do would be to have the product that you're here <laughs> pitching or i could have brought one it's like <laughs> well you know let's go with that <laughs> my fault um right you're great, so right? look for that uh, also the review embargo i'm gonna i'm reviewing super lucky's tale so that's going up at the same exact time i think and we're just gonna have so much xbox one x content yeah going up at that point too so basically friday morning when you wake up stop by ign.com there'll be plenty of coverage there for everything and again, I really do want to thank you, Albert. That was that was a blast. You you, you hung tough. <laughs> no, I mean we, it was fun walking through sort of the yeah. project history with you. I find that stuff fascinating. Uh, come back again anytime. anytime. Open invitation. Thank, thank you. Anytime you're in San Francisco. Uh, so for all things Xbox, you're in the right place right here at IGN. We'll see you folks next week. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. 
and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.